What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Walking with the King podcast. I'm your host, Teresa King, and welcome to another episode. I feel like I haven't done an intro in a long time. I forgot how I usually do it. My apologies. But we have a very special guest today. Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Hey, what's your name? Key Nation. Key Nation. (laughs) What's your name? David Gonzalez. David Gonzalez is in the house. He is brand new to this podcast, and I'm so excited for him to join me. He is an amazing person, a genuine person inside and out. He literally brights up the room, I would say. Every (laughs) time we talk to him, it's just like, oh my gosh, David. (laughs) But um, we met in the beginning of when I was work- oh, not working, when I was starting to volunteer at Impact, which is the youth group at our church. Mm-hmm. So what else do you do at the church? So you do a lot. I do high school Impact. I also serve in our young adults ministry. Oh, yeah. And then I also do guest relations or hospitality is what it's called now. So basically what that is, is I serve every Sunday. At one of our services and i greet new people i try to keep an eye out for young new people people with sitting by themselves in the lobby yeah. uh just people in general and walk them to their if they've got kids take them to the nursery help them check in or if they just have questions um or if they just need a friend yeah i'm here you know everybody <laughs> I, I i feel like 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 I mentioned before, we go to a mega church, and I swear David knows everybody. <laughs> I feel like I know everybody, but then I don't feel like I don't know a lot of people. I always see people walk by, I'm like, who's that person? I've never seen that person. I don't even know that person. <laughs> then you go to them, hi, I'm David, how are you? But the, David is so awesome. He has a powerful journey that he actually shared to us like about a year ago for Robert's um, birthday party, like so long ago <laughs> i feel like it's been a while but oh, yeah. Yeah. um i wanted to get him on here because i know that his story will impact so many people so you ready yeah, let's go okay <laughs> so uh you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we go into this whole q a whenever i'm just like diving <laughs> in your right. personal life cutting me open and taking out all of that yeah give us some background so my name is david i am the oldest of four um we were brought up in church my dad actually ministered to youth for a long while at a church we were going to and then uh, let's see what else about me i work in property management i love the ocean and water people that know me well know my go to sea world a lot oh my gosh we all the time (laughs) and uh i have a dog named chloe and i have an apartment full of fish tanks (laughs) that's wild love it it keeps me calm and stresses me out at the same time (laughs) that's interesting i need to go see that yeah you guys gonna come over i've got uh four tanks in general i have a 75 gallon a 10 gallon and two five gallons Oh my gosh. And yeah, I love to listen to music. I love to read. I've been reading a lot lately. A lot of good books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, church. A lot of church. A lot of church. <laughs> You're there like every single day. I, I feel like, yeah, almost every day. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, I mean, let's see. Okay, let's just go with my week. Sunday is church. And then Monday, actually, I have off besides work, work. 
Tuesday, wow, I guess not. I guess I'm not text all the time. Tuesday, <laughs> I have off. And then Wednesdays, we normally, when high school impact is not on semester break, that. And then Thursdays, I have my own community group that I go to. Fridays, actually, Fridays is free. And then Saturdays, I just wait around for somebody to call me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess you're not there all I'm the time. I'm not on all the time. But you do a lot for um, the kids in Ogawa, which is which is amazing. I know it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to just be a volunteer. So It's a lot because, yeah. I mean, you're tired from work, and then you get home, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, even serving with high school kids, like, I love doing it, but it's like every week it's a battle just to get mm. there. But once you're there, it's so good. It's like, man, I wouldn't have missed this for the world. Yeah, like, I, my heart broke when I made that decision to stop going. To yeah, mine class. did too. <laughs> like it just broke because like I know that God's doing so much at that youth group, but it's a lot. Of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but they keep you young. Yeah, those kids keep you. They young. really do. <laughs> so you ready? Yeah. Okay. So, um, how can you share your personal journey of discovering and embracing your faith? What are some key moments or experiences that influence you on your decision? For faith in general? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, um, I mean, we grew up in church. I remember being a kid. You know, my parents my parents really got, you know, quote-unquote saved when I was in fourth grade. But we used to go to church. And I remember we used to go to a Spanish church. I had no idea what was going on or being said, but I yeah. loved the church. I loved my grandparents were in the choir and um and then you know we just you know grew up in a in a christian home and then like i said when i was in fourth grade went to visit a church and then my parents really decided to start following god and dedicate their lives and that was a whole change in my family's life and we were in church sunday morning sunday night thursday night mm-hmm. whenever the church doors were open we were there and so that was my life i mean it's always been my life and then um you know, I think at some point you just have to kind of make a decision on your own as you yeah. get a young adult. I remember being in middle school and, you know, I was so in love with God and loud about it. I remember being in school. I used to go to, uh, it was called Peace Middle School. And I would take my Bible to school. Everybody knew me as the Christian guy. I mean, we had a group, like a like a after school group that would meet on Fridays and it was called STAND. And it was, the acronym for it was Students Taking a New Direction. And it was something that I was involved in. And I mean, we planned like an after school revival one time. We had a Christian rapper do a concert at our school. Oh, wow. We did See You at the Pole when it was time for that. It got so big, we ended up doing it every Wednesday. Wow, that's awesome. And so I've always been. In faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just. I wanted to be a pastor when I was a kid. Now that's no longer what I want to do. I just can't imagine being a pastor. But, uh, you know, I was a worship leader for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I, I served in youth ministry at two other churches before this, before we go now. And, um, I mean, it's just always been, felt like I've always had some sort of relationship with Jesus. You know, once I was introduced to him as a kid, he just kind of never went away. Mm-hmm. Although I turned my back on him a few times. Yeah. But I felt like he was just behind me the whole entire... Not behind me, but you know what I mean? Like, beside me the whole entire time, even though I was ignoring mm-hmm. him for a little while. 
Hmm. So. So let's get into the reason why you're here. Yes. (laughs) So um, tell me about your decision um, when you were coming into a different sexual orientation. So I grew up liking, like I mentioned, like liking animals and motion Mm -hmm. stuff. So my brother was into sports. I was into animals. His bedroom was full of football and baseball stuff. I had stuffed animals and aquariums. Not that, that means anything. It's just I never was what the American culture would say masculine. Okay. And so in middle school, even in middle school, like I said, when I was carrying my bottle around, I was always made fun of. And people would tease me all the time. Oh, you, you, you must be gay or something. And I, and at that time, I really wasn't struggling with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just was always said about me. And I, I had crushes on girls. I liked girls. Like I can literally think about the girls in my head right now. <laughs> who I liked. And um, I think when the door opened up to seeing, I same sex attraction was um i guess as a young teen when you discover how to like make yourself feel good mm-hmm. g-rated version yeah um i would think about girls that i liked mm-hmm. and it was one little thought of a boy and i'm telling you it's so true when you say give the enemy an inch he takes a mile oh, because yeah. that little seed and it that one single thought one day after school led into I mean it felt like it felt like somebody had just like opened the whole of the ocean and the whirlwind just came and, and I couldn't get out of it and, that, and that's what led to questioning or just kind of like toying the idea yeah. of well that person's kind of good looking too but it never really went anywhere until I became older. Um, you know, I was serving a church. Um, I remember I was a good Christian kid, too. Like, I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 21 years old. And for my 21st birthday, I was climbing the roof on my parents' house. That was wild for me. Wow. <laughs> you know, other kids go out and they go party and get drunk. I didn't do that. I had some friends at my house. who's now my sister-in-law. very my brother. Oh. Um, and... Uh, that's what we did. And I remember one time I was living in an apartment and I was really stressed out. And I called a friend of mine and I said, hey, like, I just want to get out of here. Can we go out? I'm thinking, like, let's go to Walmart and walk around the aisles. <laughs> you know, that's what you do when you're a Christian. Right. Uh, but we went out, out. Like, I, first time I ever been to a bar. Mm. And um, I had my first drink. It was downtown San Antonio. And I remember had my first shot. Mm. And that's the first time I ever got, like, buzzed and and I remember feeling super guilty when I got home. Yeah. And then I called my brother and I told him, and he, you know, I don't know how much that I could say, but he said that, you know, like he's like, when I, I kind of confessed to him, I'm like, you know, man, I feel really bad because I just went out and I drank, got, you know, I got drunk. And he's like, kind of giggled at me because he's like, oh, that's what we all do. And I thought, well, what the heck? Where have I been all this time, you know? <laughs> and I think, you know, I started going out with my brother and my sister-in-law and some friends from work to straight bars and we had a good time and again as I got older I still was kind of teased and well they would make fun of me and they're like well maybe this you're just like this you know mm-hmm. and well why are you not dating a girl or you know 
typical you know like that was when the culture was starting to kind of shift a little bit and mm. if you weren't sleeping with every girl in the world you just had to be gay mm. and so that's what people thought and i remember going to a gay bar for the first time and i remember thinking my heart was pounding because i remember telling myself i never be caught dead going to those places and I went, and it was with a friend from work, and I remember thinking, when I went there and experienced it, the amount of attention that I got was just overwhelming for me. And I was like, I've never had anybody, I guess, pursue me. Yeah. And I liked it. And I remember thinking, like, okay, that was kind of fun. And then, um, I don't know how, but I ended up there again the next day by myself which was weird for me. And it just led into that, which led to going home with somebody. And yeah. and like like again, like I said, you give the enemy an inch, he, he just steals miles and miles mm-hmm. and miles. And, and that led to, you know, a few years of my life yeah. walking through that. So let me ask this question because I feel like we're getting into that already. So how did your relationship with God play a role in understanding your own sexual orientation? And did it feel conflicted or struggled or struggle? Or did you feel conflicted or struggle with the accepting yourself as gay or embracing your faith? Like being able to mm-hmm. embrace your, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think I never, for about 99.9% of the time that I was in that life, considered myself gay. Mm, I, didn't, I didn't like the term because okay. I felt, you know, because obviously I had the word in me. You know, I had conviction and we'll get to that part too. And you said, how does mm-hmm. that play a role? Is I never wanted to identify myself with that. I was just having a good time with people who wanted to be with me. Yeah. So... In all of that, I never told myself, oh, I'm going to get married to a, a man and and live happily ever after. Never. I was just, like, all the time in the world, I'm just going to play games right now. Literally, that's what I was doing. Yeah. And so going back to the part where it's how does your relationship with God is, it was hell on earth because, I mean, conviction is real. Yeah. Uh, I think at first, I mean, I remember... Um, the first time I actually was with someone physically, I remember calling my cousins and I confessed to them and I cried, they cried. And I thought to myself, well, this is it. It was just a stupid decision. Of course, mm-hmm. the day went on and night came and I'm like, I'm bored. I want to go out. Yeah. I've already crossed that line. Why not go more? Mm-hmm. And so, um, conviction is there. And at that time too, I was serving in the youth ministry. I was a worship leader. And I was, you know, playing and singing in the in church, so it was it wasn't a big deal at first because yeah. I was just, you know, going out. And then, and then you finally, um, I guess it was anything serious, you know. And then what was the other part of your question? Um, did you feel conflicted or struggle with accepting yourself as gay before embracing oh. your faith? Yeah, no, like I said, I, I never really accepted myself as that because I never considered myself to be, I didn't, I didn't want to identify as that. And again, to I think the word gay puts, it's just a label, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel once you accept Christ and you become a child of God, you'll always be a child of God. Yeah. 
And so no matter what the struggle is, you're still a child of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I could say more. I don't, I don't want to get into your other questions, but, uh, you well, know. hold that thought and see if it comes up <laughs> okay. in the next question. So uh, many people believe that sexual orientation is an inherent and unchangeable aspect as a person's identity. Can you explain your perspective on this? considering your own journey and the decision that you are no longer identifying as gay right. or never really did right. or you're not practicing. Practicing or involving yeah. myself, in the, I guess, in the community. Yeah, I think, um, I don't, honestly, I it's just the scripture. We're born into sin. Mm-hmm. We come into this earth, okay. as soon as we take our first breath, we are born into sin. Yeah. And for some people, it may not be that. It may be drinking. It may be, you know, bad attitude or something. So everybody has a struggle that they're dealing with. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what that was. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I had that. I don't know if it was something, you know, I was never abused as a kid. Yeah. Um, so that, and that, that wasn't, you know, people say, well, maybe because you were molested or maybe for some, some people. people, but that wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it was just, uh, the teasing maybe and you know like the thought i mean the bible talks about your thoughts of being yeah. how powerful they are so um and especially like being bullied like oh like you have to be gay you must be gay mm-hmm. that was probably like a seed that the enemy was implanting. Well, yeah again everything goes back to the power of your words yeah. like we, we believe that as christians everything you say like when you when you talk to people bless them yeah. you know encourage them don't mm-hmm. tell them they're stupid or dumb because it's a seed planted. Just like mm-hmm. you go to church and you hear a pastor preach, whatever is planted, it's a seed planted. At yeah. some point, it's going to get watered. And that seed was planted in my life and it was watered somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So in the same sense of people, you know, if you want to plant a seed and someone plant good seed, and it may not get watered by you, it may get watered by somebody else. So yeah. um, remind me of your question again. <laughs> yeah, so like, um, I believe like, what I see now in the culture is that there's a battle. There's a spiritual warfare going yeah. on right now, especially between Christians and the LGBTQ community. And a lot of the things that the LGBTQ community is saying that these people are born this way. Ah, uh, yes. So, like, what is your, um, like, opinion on that? So, I, you know, I was thinking about this actually recently in feel like you know the books that I've been reading and in in talking to God about it and I just really feel like God has really kind of started to take me off this and I've kind of I've been quiet before about it I have shared my testimony in the past but I've been really quiet about it because I just don't know how people are going to react to it or Mm -hmm. what do you want me to do what what is it you want me to do for you God with this Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, you know, the term born this way. And at first I was like, that's not the case. You're not, nobody's born this way. But I kind of started thinking about, it. I'm like, we're born into sin. So in a sense, we're born to sin. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that someone is born gay, gay. but born to struggle yeah. with sin. And that might be, yeah. you know, same sex attraction. Or... I completely get where you're saying it because it's so true like we are born automatically into sin and the devil is the god of this world like it says that in the bible and i think that's the beauty about being a born-again christian because you know you're no longer going towards the flesh but you're going to what the god god's will Mm -hmm. is for your life right so you know you may have that 
attraction at an early age like a lot of kids are you know at least expressing or their parents are expressing i don't really know mm-hmm. what goes on behind closed doors but there is a lot of children that are expressing themselves that they right. are feminine or not masculine or vice right. versa but whenever you become born again christian it makes sense because you are cutting it at the source mm-hmm. you're no you're no longer living for the flesh but you're living for the spirit right so like you that, that's a good point because when you asked about can someone change or reverse mm-hmm. that or whatever and i think sin is always going to be a struggle for every yeah. if you have flesh and you have a heartbeat you're going to be struggling with something mm-hmm. and so i don't think that it's changing somebody i believe that it's changing the desires of their heart Mm -hmm. and pursuing something different like the love of god or you know getting to know him more yeah and so you can be someone who's walked out of this lifestyle or anything an alcoholic who can be haven't had a drink in you know 12 years but that there's still like a soft spot for it if you are introduced to it again yeah. You know, I feel like it's just the life that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always going to be a battle. Yeah. So, like how you said before, like, if the if you give the enemy an inch, he'll give you an extra mile. And, I, and back to the alcoholic, like the alcoholism, you know, like Robert and I, we shared that we struggled with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as we got into, like, Celebrate Recovery and, like, got to talk with other alcoholics, a lot of them don't even want to mix with like mocktails or virgin drinks because it could give that right it's to a be sin. Able i mean to yeah that. so that's the reason why i you know i i try to stay away from alcohol as much as i can i don't really have anything per se against drinking i think for people that struggle with that mm-hmm. it's smart to stay away from yeah you know for and i mean like it's not a drink to it's not a drink it's not a sin to drink, it's a sin to get drunk. To get drunk, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but just thinking like the sin. For me, like sometimes I have in the past, like have had a drink and I find myself drinking more and then these thoughts are coming back in my head Ooh. because my guard goes down yeah. and it's like that when the enemies... If you give him an inch, yes, he Yes, but he starts to see that you, you, you're, you know, like Bible says to be of sound mind. Mm-hmm. And so when you're not of sound mind, it's like the enemy's like, oh, hey, remember when... You used to go out with your friends and you had a blast, and then all these people, and guys, I just don't like to say it, this drives me crazy, but like these people wanted to be with you. They used to call me on the way you looked and they would buy you drinks, and then you know, it was like you were the only person in the room, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like you have to draw the line, and it is going to be a battle. And, just, and I, I don't like, you know, the argument to say what's changing someone. Well, it's just, I think it's just changing your desires because honestly, when you pursue God full, fully, you read his word, it's him that's going to change the desires. Yeah. We as Christians or pastors or mm-hmm. Christians, we're not trying to change anybody. Yeah. We, I, saw, I think that's the, the misconception that the community has of Christians or the world has of Christians is because I'm not trying to, ch- like if I have a friend who's gay and I say, you know, come to church with me, come be a part of our family just as yeah. you are. I'm not trying to change you, but I know and the you Holy know Spirit Jesus, he, he's going to change yeah. you. So I don't have anything to do. I'm just going to love you exactly where you're at. Exactly. And he's the one that changes you. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, if for somebody like me who has been a Christian all my life, and, and that's another thing too, like, I can tell you, 
I remember specifically this one moment where I was at a bar and I remember the countertop. It was black and it was white and it was like tiled. And I was looking at a bottle of the sake that I was drinking. And I remember my friends are having a good time and I was just done laughing. But I just had like this like blackout moment. And I remember looking at my bottle and I was looking at the top of the bottle and I was looking at the counter. And I remember it was like, <laughs> it was literally like God or Jesus came on the other side of the counter and just like leaned in and was like, what are you doing? Like, mm. this isn't who you are. I literally remember that thought. I was like, man, Dave, like, you're so much better yeah. than this. And, and not to say that I'm better than anybody else no. in that room, but... What God's will is for you is so much better than what yes, you're doing. Yes, and I'm for. like, you're living your dream. Like, you're leading to lean worship, but you've always wanted to do your playing a piano. You're leading these kids, and you have good parents, and you have good friends. And even the friends that I was with in that were good friends. And um, obviously, they were good people, let's just say. I mean, they were not that they were a bad influence, but they were, I was taking the bad influence from the surrounding. But um, I remember that. And I'm like, I love that because it take, for me, it takes on a whole new meaning of Jesus went into the dark places to reach people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, and I've always thought that even when I decided to walk away from that life, I'm like, Man, he never left me. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. I did some stupid things. I mean, I remember um, stuff we'll get into later, I guess. And um, But uh, I think that answers your question. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, let's see. There's an ongoing debate about the intersection of faith and LGBTQ community identities. Um, how would you respond to the critics who argue on attempting to change one's sexual orientation through religious means and can it be harmful or like psychologically damaging i guess like we kind of touched a little bit yeah. base with that question you know because like, like i said i don't think for, for, i mean because i there are some people christians out there that i feel like they don't handle it right i think that they mm-hmm. if i were around i yes. might give them a nice little Christian slap to the face, but <laughs> yeah, I, I you know, there's a lot of people who are okay. Like Pastor says, I punch him in Jesus' face, yes. in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, have you um, taken changes that heal? I have not. Oh my gosh! Yes, so, I hear about that all the time. We had to take it, but it was so good because it really shows um, the difference between truth and grace yeah. and time. Yeah, like what we need to do as Christians and a lot of it is a lot of those so-called Christians are showing all truth but no grace right. or some Christians are vice versa they're all grace with no truth yeah and that's where the time comes in it's the right time where you could be both right and I feel like for me I'm like pretty good at mixing the both of them when the timing is right like, I will tell you something very truthfully, but I'm going to give you grace about it. And I feel like for me, like, that's one of the gifts that I'm, a, like, I was able to have is being able to say truth gracefully. But a lot of Christians don't yeah, have that. They just have the truth and you got to change right now. You got to change or you're going to burn in hell. Yes. And it's like, yes, that's true. But wait. I think the best work. <laughs> that god does is time yeah i don't have any doubt that god can change someone instantly oh definitely you know but i think it's a beautiful thing to know that a faith is that your faith is tested 
and molded. Um, like I said, I don't think we're trying to change anybody. Mm-hmm. Just like like you said, I love that because I remember hearing a sermon that Pastor had to preach. It says, there are churches out there that give only truth and no love, which mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. Yes, this is what the word says. And and then there's no there's nothing else. It's just change or burn in hell. Yeah. And I am a hundred and fifty million percent against that <laughs> message. Mm-hmm. And um I, it angers me because that's not a representation of the love of Jesus. Exactly. And at the same time though, mm-hmm. with those churches that will love and affirm with no truth, that's mm-hmm. also not a representation of, of Jesus. Because if you look at the woman in the well, yeah, you know, where she questions like you're not even supposed to be talking to me. Oh, I'm sorry, not the woman in the well. I'm totally uh I'm not the woman who's caught in adultery. Oh. Yes, where, you know, they're getting ready to stone her. Think about it, like a church you go to these these are Pharisees that are getting ready to stone these are pastors. Yeah. Modern day pastors. Yeah. And these are the people that are supposed to win the lost and teach the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And then they find this girl caught in the middle of adultery. You know, and, and it's always, I always like Pastor Ed says, where's, where's the guy? Yeah. He's just as guilty, but hey, whatever. We'll just say what the Bible says. It, it's the woman, and they want to stone her to death because she was caught in sin. And it's just like, Jesus says, who he was without sin cast the first stone? Okay, so they cast the first stone, and they all leave, right? And where people, I think, get confused or get carried away here is when it says, Jesus says, where are you accusers now? And she says, there are none. And Jesus says, neither do I care. Neither do I condemn you. And then they kind of just stop right there. But they don't go into the right, next sentence. Right, right. And yes, it's very true. Jesus does not condemn us. He loves us. Mm-hmm. And that is 100% true. But you have to realize that Jesus said, go and sin no more. Exactly. Now, it's easier said than done, obviously. Because, obviously. I mean, even in my story, I walked away from that lifestyle in years. I messed up. I mm-hmm. fell into, you know conversations or you know I never I can say that I never was with anybody physically but I did entertain conversations or or whatever and you know that was a few years back and I think it's always going to be a journey because yes I received the freedom God have has for me I received the grace that God has for me but I also had to receive the truth yeah and Sometimes truth hurts and it's hard and it it keeps you keeps you yeah and I think um, depending on on someone's like personal because I have a friend who struggle has has struggled in the past and his big thing was I'm just gonna be alone I'm just kind of like that just because you're not you may not get married doesn't mean that you're alone yeah like. You have family. Exactly. And I think, and I love this because, you know, the Bible always talks about the church as a bride of Christ. Like, we're already married to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Um, we are the, the bride of Christ. Right. So, I think, do I think it's meant, that, like, it affects people mentally? I think if you do it wrong, yes, it can. Just like these you know, truth only approaches to this. Mm-hmm. They, they, they get, I think some people get scared yeah. into changing. And I don't believe that you can win anybody by fear. 
Yeah. I mean, come on. Fear is attacking from the enemy. Exactly. So scaring someone out of hell, in quotations or whatever, and it's like, if you don't change, you're going to go to hell. And then you might have people that will, all right, I change and live a great life and go to church and they're, you know, just doing everything right, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And there's no community to say, how are you doing? Because yeah. then they're like, oh, well, God freed me. I'm no longer gay anymore. And then that's it. It's never talked about it again. But I'm like, there has to be, like, someone accountable to say, man, I struggled last night. Mm-hmm. I messed up last night. And just call, you know, your brother or whatever in these churches and say, I messed up. But I just feel like in like in those truth-only churches, it's, it's not like that. Yeah. And there, yes, I do agree that there could be some sort of, like, mental destruction. Yeah. And I know? also feel like a lot of the times we see, and I mean, we see it today in culture, like, people hate Christians mm-hmm. because of it. Because and sometimes I can say I don't blame you. Yeah. You know I hate and to say that, but like every time like <laughs> I have these conversations with people, I always make sure to apologize on the on behalf of the church. Yeah. Like this is not of God. This is not what God wants for you is to hate Him. Yeah. Because the people who condemned you harshly mm-hmm. was not from God. It was from the enemy. Because anything that makes you feel like guilt mm-hmm. is guilt and conviction are two different things. If you want to ball up in a in a ball and like go to your bed and cover yourself for days because you did what you did, that is not of God convicting you, but God moving in you by saying this is not like how you had that vision of God like coming towards you and saying like this isn't what I have planned right. for you. That is the conviction. You don't feel guilty for doing it, but you feel a certain way where I need to change. And I feel like a lot of people confuse those two because when you automatically think, like, you know, say, for example, like, you're still living that lifestyle and I go up to you, you're going to burn in hell if you don't change. That could go either two ways. Scare yourself, like how you said, to where you want to not go to hell. Or hate me so much that you're going to go against what I say, go against what God has to say, and then completely live the life far away from God to where you can't even touch him anymore. I I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. And and you saying that reminds me of uh, a scene from The Chosen, Mm -hmm. which it took me so long to get into that chart. You're talking about Matthew. So (laughs) this, and it's funny because when I started watching it, I was reading a book. I highly recommend to anybody. Can I say that name? Yeah, on definitely. Okay. So actually, I brought it with me. It's called People to Be Loved, and it says why homosexuality is not just an issue. It's by Prince Preston Sprinkle. This is the best book I've ever read in my life, mm. and it is geared towards homosexuality. But I think it's a great read for anybody who's trying to reach anybody who's lost, because of this example. And I was reading this as I started watching The Chosen. And it took me forever to watch The Chosen because I do not like Christian movies. I don't like Christian Chosen shows. Chosen is a different ballgame. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what so, they do at yes. Angel Studios. <laughs> I know. So I, I watched probably the first episode like four times before mm. I made it to episode two. Yeah. But when it went really, in the book, there's a section in this book that mentions this part. So it spoke even louder to me when I saw it portrayed in the show is where, you know, Matthew was hated Mm -hmm. because, you know, let's just say that he was a homosexual in that 
time mm-hmm. tax collector yeah tax collector but they were the worst yes they were forbidden they nobody wanted to talk they were dirty they were yep. evil and oh they're just robbing god's people you know yeah and what i find so fascinating is that when jesus comes in the picture and he has his followers and then he has simon who can't stand matthew and he stops Dead in his tracks, Jesus looks at Matthew in his collection booth. Let's call that his struggle, in his sin. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, Matthew, follow me. That is all he said. And what does Matthew do? He drops what he does, and he follows him. Mm -hmm. He didn't change his life. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't even give him the four-point sermon series of what you need to do now that you're following me. Mm -hmm. He didn't give him another conclusion of this is my opinion or my truth on taxation. He just said, follow me. Never said to change. Mm -hmm. Never. He just loved and accepted him. And because of that love, Matthew became such an... I will never read the book of Matthew the same again. And I think it's beautiful because like back to what we were saying earlier when you know, you follow Jesus, it's not that we are trying to, like the Christians around you are trying to change you. It's the love of Jesus that's changing you. Because even in The Chosen, it shows his character beautifully because you see him as a very, like, germaphobic, prestigious man. Like, he is like, don't touch me. Which I am a germaphobe. Yeah, like, (laughs) but he goes into a sweet, humble man. To where he just loves everybody. And, like, you see that yeah. in The Chosen, his his change little by little. And, like, everybody and in like, The Chosen. Yeah, all of them. I mean, all of them have such great stories. But go back to Matthew 2, episodes later, where he finally goes back to his parents' house. Mm. And he's nervous because he doesn't know how his family's going to exactly. react. But, you know, after they made their, like, you know, reconciliation or whatever. And I just remember this part when his mom says, Matthew, he chose you. Man, that gets me so emotional because I'm like, man, even in this mess. I'm sorry. Don't. Try it out. I love it. And and Matthew says, I don't even know why. But it's like, gosh, even in where, you know, the Jews and, and they hated him. He was unapproachable. Like, just not even his parents wanted to do anything with him. Like, and Jesus was like, dude, just follow me. Just like that. You don't got to change. Just, just come. And that's what I that's what I really do feel like the church is missing. Mm-hmm. Especially let's see, we're missing it, but I feel like we're missing it more when it comes to this community. Yeah. Because I don't know why we've created this like balance beam of worse sins. And it's like There's no sin greater than each no. other. No, and I'm like, the church is where all the people should be going to. The church should be full of people. Uh, maybe even you know just actually this past Sunday I saw a, a, two ladies holding hands yeah. and I went up to myself hello to them you know and it's not that I'm affirming your lifestyle I'm just loving your existence yeah. I'm glad you're here mm-hmm. you know what I mean you you I want you here exactly I'm not you know I didn't I'm mean, obviously I didn't be like oh you're holding hands I affirm you. that's or I don't affirm you you know what I mean I just mm-hmm. we said hello my mom talked to them they were commenting my niece my or my nephew I can't remember one of my nieces or nephews was doing something crazy outside. And, um, but I'm like, the church should be full of those people and full of, I mean, what are you going to do? What is, what is the church respond if a six foot two, obviously it is a man dressed in a dress with long hair, long nails. What are we going to do? We should flood that person with love. Yeah. Not 
and there's there's actually I'm saying like I approve of what you're doing, but yes. I'm so glad that you're here. There was a section in this book that I highlighted, and I had thought I found it, but I don't want to like take it for all the time. But it says that you can love someone without affirming. Yeah. Just because you love someone mm-hmm. in their mess is not affirming. Like we had a conversation with um, we were on a double date um, a few months back, maybe a few weeks ago. But um, we were talking about this, and he was like, if you don't say anything about it, and you're just, like, letting it be, and you're still talking to Mm -hmm. them, is that the same thing as accepting what they're doing? And I told him, no. No. Here's why. And I told him that Jesus himself, holy as he is, he is the most holiest man, he is God in human flesh, he ate with sinners and tax collectors. And again, tax collectors have their own little bracket. <laughs> he ate with them. It doesn't necessarily mean that he was sinning with right. them. He was just with them. Right. Just because like, we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right. We are the body of Christ. Like Holy Spirit lives in us. The same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. He lives in us. And the thing is, is that when we are present with these people you know just like what you did like you just talked to them like got to know them that's just so much more than what any other person would probably have done and I really do like like kudos to you like I know like me personally I probably would have never thought of that and now like thinking about it you're like it's honestly like a little bit of a conviction for me too because it's not like I have anything against these people, but like me and Sarah, she was on the first episode of season three. We were talking about witchcraft mm-hmm. and she doesn't like to talk mm-hmm. about her past in witch- witchcraft because a lot of people get uncomfortable. And it's the same thing with people who are living in the homosexual lifestyle. It's uncomfortable for a lot of Christians. They don't want to engage with these people because it's uncomfortable for them. And, I mean, I completely get it. You know, it is a sin. Sometimes you are not called to be the hands and feet of Jesus for that one couple like you were. You were the hands and feet of Jesus for that couple. And that's beautiful. And it doesn't mean that you approve of their lifestyle. It just means that you know the love of Jesus has for them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, And if we don't show people community to every single body regardless of their struggle or identity, mm-hmm. they're going to go find it somewhere else. And I think that's the reason why this community is always a head-to-head with the church is because it's two big communities. Both are, you know, can be loving. They both can be very hateful. Mm-hmm. So it's almost one in, almost one in the same. I don't want to disres- like disrespect church by saying that, but I'm just like, because the church is there too. Live with each other, support each other, love each other, no matter where you're at, right? That's that's what our thing is. Mm-hmm. And then so is the LGBTQ community. But the problem is, is the church, it's as a whole, not any particular church, but it's it's like love with conditions. Yeah. You have to come, you know, well, you can't wear jeans at church, or you know, I mean, even if you go to the extreme, like, oh, well, you have to have your hair long, or you can't wear makeup, or something. I mean, yeah. I know we, I know we've all grown up in those environments, yeah. and and I think that's a struggle. <laughs> so oh, that you need deliverance from. Come out. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> um, I just think that we have to do better. Um, and I know it's harder for some, 
and I know, you know, I get nervous too sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it was, I don't remember if it was a Christmas service or Easter. No, it was Easter service uh, this year. And I saw someone walk in the church and it was, it was a young guy who was wearing girl pants. He had makeup on and it caught my eye, but I had to wear pants later because I got so nervous. I don't know why. And I don't know, because you, sometimes you have to put the caution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know, sometimes I can come off as a creep or yeah. I can be, sometimes can be socially awkward. Like people get, talk to me <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, wow, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, and if it's not you, mm-hmm. the fact that you love this person in our church, will lead their path to someone else that might be able to minister to them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, you know, I mentioned I work with some of the students and two of them have expressed struggles with me. Mm-hmm. Did not have any idea yeah. about my struggle. And, you know, I was able to kind of say, get it. Yeah, still love you. Yeah. You know, our church loves you, you know. Um, and so... Kind of grateful for the opportunity. It makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. I do talk to Pastor Casey about it, and yeah, um, and I, I get nervous because I'm like, I don't want to say anything wrong, and I, or I don't want to say anything at all. I just kind of want to love them through it. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I just think the church has to be available. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, definitely. What advice would you give to individuals who may be struggling with their sexual orientation and their faith? How can they navigate? Uh, navigate? How can they navigate these conflicting emotions and beliefs? I think it's it's simple. I mean, it's not simple, but it is as simple as starving what you want to die and feeding what you want to grow. Mm. You know, what are we watching on TV? If someone has said. And had an encounter with Jesus and said, you know what, I no longer want this in my life. I want to follow after Jesus and whatever that molds me into, I want to pursue Jesus. And again, like I think it's always going to be a struggle. And somebody that will say, well, I love this person. I'm not doubting that. I believe in that. Those feelings are real. I I will never take that away from anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you have an encounter with Jesus you know that you know in your heart no matter what anybody said from the church or not the church that's what you want you have to make some cuts you have to and maybe sometimes it does mean cutting people out for a season yeah you know because now i still have some of my friends that i went out with back then and that's the amazing thing is i will say i just you know leave that in there real quick is you know i had my friends who were in that life who went out with me then who even celebrated me when I walked out of that. Wow. So I'm very grateful to them in mm-hmm. a sense. Like in a sense. Like yeah. I never felt they supported like, hated. Because yeah. I feel like nowadays if you walk away from that you're just crucified yeah. just as much as the church does. Yeah. And so and they've they've come to church with me and um, like people say, like you're not being true to yourself. Right. Yes, that whole argument. But mm-hmm. like sometimes it comes every now and again. But you know, it is what it is. And <laughs> you can't take away my story. My, you know, yeah, whatever definitely. you think. So, um, if you want to make this change, like you've got to starve, but you want to die and feed what you want to grow. So, 
replacing. It's kind of like going on a diet. Like you're replacing carbs with carrots or something, mm. you know? And you guys spend more time on the word. I'm telling you, the it's so cliche to say, like, oh, just read your Bible, spend time with Jesus. It's so, I feel like it's so cliche. And at first, it may be the least thing you want to do. Mm. And it's so hard. You read your Bible, you read your chapter, and you're like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Like, I'm just, you know, this is not working for me. And it, it's like a good habit you have to form, and you'll start seeing the results. It's like yeah. exercising. You know, just because you can go road on the treadmill or you walked on the treadmill or ran on the treadmill. Jeez, road. Road on the treadmill. Um, <laughs> ran on the treadmill for an hour doesn't mean you lost 10 pounds. Like, yeah. you may be walking on a treadmill for eight months before you see three, four pounds maybe, you know? Yeah. So, and then also cutting things out. Like, what are you listening to, you know? Because I know for me, like, sometimes I can watch a TV show. And I, I think I've gotten a lot better now, but before... You know, I, I would watch something on TV and it's so celebrated now in entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's like every show has a character yeah. who's getting married to the same gender. Or um, has a relationship. Yeah. and yeah. Or like, may, like we were watching, what was it, The Night Agent. And we're like on episode like seven, we're like, hey, there has not been like, a single like in the window of homosexuality. Yeah. No, it spoke too soon. Like, <laughs> Oops, it's it's Just everywhere. Kidding. Yeah, and so you know you got you have to be very mindful. Yeah, and surround yourself with good people and get involved. I mean, there is. I mean, yes, I love serving. I love being involved in church because I grew up in a small church. Obviously, our church is ginormous. Ginormous. So I can't do the same things I did in a small church, but I can try. <laughs> yeah, and so like. It's a distraction in a sense. So there is a method to that. You know, it's it's keeping busy, surrounding mm. yourself with people that are going to believe in the you that you want to be and who God calls you to be. Yeah. So if you're hanging out with people who are not believing with you, it's you're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Bad company corrupts good character, but just bad friendships corrupt good goals i guess yeah. you know you know so it, it's it's it i mean sometimes i will I, I know some people that have dealt with this longer than i have and they still struggle with the identity yeah. but they love jesus so much that that's just they love jesus more than what they're attracted to so in a sense they're happy but it's like i just so they'll say, uh, well, I don't find my opposite gender, you know, attractive. Or I'm not sexually drawn to that. That's fine, you know. Um, and I think that we say, oh, God saved me. And then we try to run into things and say, like, oh, I'm better. No, it's it's, it's a ladder. And sometimes yeah. a ladder goes upside down and twirls around and turns sideways and zigs around. And you fall off. Mm. But you get back up and you climb that ladder. Um, so... Feed yourself what is good for you and get rid of the stuff that's not good for you, I, I think, that. for me. And find yourself an accountability partner that you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're like, I want to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I need you to come get me or stay on the phone with me. or And find that good friend where it's like, you know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning and they're like, oh, I'm going to work tomorrow. 
or whatever. And it's like, no, but I need you because I'm about to go do something with somebody and find that good, like we call it, church, our three and friends. Yeah. And that will get up and leave their house and go pick you up mm-hmm. and probably listen to you complain the whole entire time because yeah. it, the, the desire is so big. But it's like, there's not a temptation mm-hmm. that you can't handle. If there's a God provides a way out of every temptation. And sometimes that way out is somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my best advice. I mean, but it also could be different for other people. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for everybody's struggles. I think with the difference between this sin or, or lifestyle is different from someone who's struggling with pornography or drugs or addictions or alcohol. It's because that is a habit. This is someone that is adopt. This is an identity. This is who you are. So for someone to say, it's like when they say, my name's David. And then you find the truth and Jesus is like, no, your name's Christopher. Yeah. So it's like, well, my whole life I've lived as David. And now you want me to live as Christopher? You know, well, it's just my middle name. That's why I picked it. Oh. But, <laughs> and um, so it's it's harder because, yeah. I mean, you identified yourself as this. It's not just struggle. Yeah. It's who you are. It's kind of like an identity crisis yes. in a way. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think some people come out of it harder. And like I said, for me, like I said earlier, I didn't want to identify. And it's funny, actually, that reminds me of something is I never called myself the G word. <laughs> and it seemed like it was okay. You know, I just was having fun. And I remember one time at work, they did a survey and, it, you know, you put your name and you put your uh, ethnicity and it had sexual orientation. And I remember sitting there and I literally battled myself, what do I put? I was actually in a relationship. It wasn't fun anymore. It was, I was now in a relationship with somebody. And I thought, what do I put? And it's crazy because I did check that orientation. And I felt like as soon as I did that, everything just came crashing down. Mm. I mean, it all hell broke loose for me. Everything. I mean, my car broke down. It was just one thing after another. Car broke down. And it was an apartment thing. Or, and then I ended up losing my job. And it was just, actually, you know what? I think I got fired the next week. Yep. And it just was like, okay. It was, it was a spiritual almost, battle manifesting yes, itself yes. into a And I remember, and I mean, of course, even at that, I, I felt God trying to get my attention. And I still, I mean, there was another two or three years that um, I went into relationships and like, whatever. And, um, but, yeah. Yeah. So what advice would you give to parents who have a, um, a son or daughter that is, struggling with this sexual orientation? I would say don't freak out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the first thing. And, you know, I can say with my personal experience is I hit it for so long. And I think think I slipped out on a text message to my mom because that's when she started, like, Went into like all panic mode. <laughs> um, I remember kind of saying it, but I didn't. And she came to my room and she was crying like hysterically. And 
I remember getting really annoyed. So I was just like, okay, just go away. Like, I'm not like that. Just leave me alone. And um, I think, you know, I remember my dad took it, I think, a little bit harder. So I remember sitting down. I I was dumb, too, because I remember bringing the person that I was with to church. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I did. And I remember getting a text. And my dad said, you know, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for this. He's going to destroy America for it. And I'm not that my dad, I'm not saying that my dad was like abusive or evil or anything. Mm. You know, I just think it was, they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to make the approach. Right. So, but years later, <laughs> I, uh, my mom had told me this story that she was driving. I don't know if she was driving to work or somewhere. She was driving. And she said that she was praying, crying, and, you know, and uh, that she stopped at a stop sign or stop, I don't know, she stopped somewhere. And that there was this tree and it was blowing in the wind and that the leaves were falling off of this tree and they were just coming off and the tree was just blowing in the wind. And that she said she felt God speak to her and said, this is what I'm doing to, they call me Davy. And so they're like, this is what I'm doing Davy. I am working slowly but things are coming off and never underestimate the power of prayer i will tell you my mom prayed she told me that she would go into my room and pray i remember one time i like i remember one time i mean i wanted to leave so i left i went home packed my clothes and left and didn't say anything to nobody Mm. um but I, I really do know that my mom never stopped praying. Yeah. And I and I think it's like simple to say and it's hard to do because it's like you want to do something. Like I want to take her phone. I want to take this. You just want to like grab them, put them in a, in a room and just be like change, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's the complete opposite, I think. And it, uh, I've seen Christian families do that to some of them. And I'm like, you just pushed them even further away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm grateful. I'm very grateful now for my mom's prayers and it's crazy because since coming to church here we go now i don't know if i can really say it can i say it or church we go to cbc we are cbc yeah cbc are we and um (laughs) i was actually serving at another church and okay so i kind of want to tell a story of kind of like how i like snapped out of it Mm-hmm. But do you have any more questions or anything? Um, just one more, but that is just like any misconceptions or un- misunderstandings that you wanted to clarify about yourself. But oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, but- I can try. I'll leave that in there. <laughs> but um, I so I was going through that, and um, I was with somebody, and I was taking them to church. Like I said, and we were going to a small church. It was called Church Alive, and Loved it. Loved the church. I mean, I have great stories with them that they prayed for me just as much. And um, again, they knew what I was struggling with, but they prayed for me over, you know, like, oh, step them down and put them, sit them down. And, but it's hard for me to come to grass because I'm like, you know, I think you have to be spiritually in the right mind to minister to people. But I don't know, God had was working on something, working something out because it was my commitment of playing the keyboard and singing is the only thing that kept me going to church. Yeah. So 
I get a call from my mom, and she says, hey, Grandpa's not doing very well. You should go visit him. And he goes to a church. And I remember he'd been trying to get me to go to that church for the longest time. And I'm like, I don't want to go, Grandpa. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to go over there and me go to church with you. But I already have a church. All the while, I was like, I don't even want to come to church right now because I'm doing other things. And so I went. But before that happened years ago, you remember that song, He Loves Us by Chris, uh, David Crowder, I think? Yeah. He loves us. Oh, he loves us. He's jealous for me. Yeah. Well, sorry, Hurricane, all that. So I had first heard that song at a worship night. And I remember, I wasn't really struggling at that time. And um, I remember praying to God. I was like, man, like, why do you love me? Like, you've created all the universe. And just little me, like, I'm nothing. Like, I don't understand why you died on the cross. Like, you've created Jupiter. It was, like, massive compared to the Earth. And I'm just tiny little grain of salt compared to the Earth. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand it. And I remember God speaking to me, and he said, like, you know, I love you because you matter. And I remember him bringing my parents and grandparents up my grandparents and he's like you know you're here because they pray for you by name and all your family by name every day they get on their knees and they pray by name for all their daughters and in-laws and grandkids and children whatever that was that I, was, I thought it was beautiful thank god for that vision or whatever anyways fast forward to now i'm going to visit my grandpa's church because i want to surprise him and I remember telling this person that I was with, I was like, hey, I am going to go to a different church tomorrow. If you want to come, you can. You don't have to. Honestly, I didn't want him to go. But he wanted to go, so I was like, okay, fine. And I remember going to this church, and I was the moment I pulled in the parking lot, and we got out of the car, and I could hear the music from the building. And I was like, man, my heart started pounding like crazy. And I was just like, man, like, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh, cool. You know, I was so used to my little church, and kind of excited to experience something different and um, I walked in and uh, there's a song that I've always loved and even in my struggle this song always spoke to me is that song that says I love you more more than yesterday more than the words guy can say or it says because I never want to go back to my old life or I need you more I need you more more than yesterday old song and I remember hearing that like oh I love this song right and it started speaking to me and I remember doing this song, I'm looking around, and it was, it was you know, a good-sized church, and um, the lights were dim, and the worship pastor was, was singing, and I'm looking around, and I see people with their hands raised, and I'm like, man, I miss this. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I remember just the smell of the room just hit me, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what's wrong with me? Anyway, so the pastor goes, and he starts talking, and then I don't know, I don't just think I remember what he was talking about, but they went into another song and it was how he loves us mm-hmm. and i remember the song was going i remember that i remember looking at my grandparents and it was like god reminded me of that moment and it's crazy because my person partner or whatever you want to call it was literally in my view and i remember just kind of leaning over and i could see my grandma and she had her hand up and my grandfather had his hand up and i'm like oh my god like okay i'm done here I am, and um, I remember even looking at my person, and I'm like, oh, it's over. <laughs> like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to. Yeah. And I remember um, we went home, and I remember just being so annoyed by this person. I was like, I just don't even <laughs> want to do it. Just go over there. Leave me alone. Like, I was feeling so convicted, and um, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just, I just knew that I wanted 
this to go away. Like, I was tired. I wanted to go back to church. I wanted to just be like, man, I lost my first love. Like, I wanted to be that person who carried his Bible in school. And it wasn't a, it was just not ashamed, no matter what, just Jesus, Jesus, man. (laughs) And um, so I remember I couldn't uh, break up. I just couldn't do it. I remember God, I remember praying, God, like, you got to do it, man. You got to do it for me. Like, just got to make it happen. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm notorious for breaking up on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of those. <laughs> and it was Valentine's Day. And I'm really, really sick. And he wanted to do something that I didn't want to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm done with you. Like, I don't even know why. I'm, why am I going through this? Like, I don't even want this anymore. Like, you mean nothing to me. And I remember packing up myself and I went home to my apartment which some people will hear for the very first time if they listen to this, that I never, I lived in my apartment for a very short amount of time and my other cousin lived there. And I had that apartment as a cover up because I was living somewhere else. Mm. That's literally the extent that I went through. And ironically, the person that lived there who also was very homosexual. (laughs) So that was hard for me to move back in there. But, you know, I I did it. And um, I ended up leaving church live and I, I will never forget my youth pastor who I think is awesome she is like I always tell my mom like I love you mom you're my mom but Holly was like my second mom too like Holly was like my pastor my mentor and um I remember talking to her about it and I said you know I think I need to leave and go to this church because this is a lot bigger there was a lot more younger people my age at that time I was young um <laughs> and uh I needed that. And at Church Live, it was great. I have greatest friends in my life in that church. And they're still great friends in my life. I love them to death. But they were all married and, you know, seriously dating. And I was just like, and that's just me, you know? And I was always, which I didn't care. I don't mind being at the I actually kind of enjoy it. So I still <laughs> You're enjoy about it. to be after this. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and I was like, man, I need single friends in, in my life, like young people. And I remember sitting down with her with Holly and I said you know I told her I think I need to step down and I think I need to go to this church and I'll never forget this and to mark a true leader she said these words I remember her just saying like I don't want you to go because I don't want I can't hold you and protect you I can't protect you but I would rather lose you to another church than lose you to the world and I remember that I was like, oh my God, I've never heard. Because I just feel like when you leave a church, you, there's always some weird stripe. It's like leaving a cult or something, <laughs> you know? And uh, I never forget that. And it's just a weird way God did things. Because I remember I was, you know, being trained to be the worship leader of that church. And when I decided to leave, she decides to step down. Mm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I worked all my life to be the worship leader of this church and I'm leaving and now you're stepping down. It was a perfect opportunity, but it was all a God thing. And, oh, yeah. you know, my, one of my best friends, Jaime, who he was leading worship with me when I, we were in the youth group, he took over and I remember he was all excited. He was like, Dave, we're going to be, we finally did it. We're going to be in this together. And I'm like, yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he was, you know, we had the conversation that was hard and I ended up deciding to stay for one more month. To help him with the transition mm. and um they prayed for me they blessed me and i have been friends with them to this day 
And so in that church, the last church uh, that I left to, you know, I feel like God put me with good people who literally stole me from the world. I would say it that way. I mean, I had no opportunity to go anywhere. I mean, we were always hanging out. Um, we were together till two, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock, just, you know, hanging out. And when I say, when you say, what can you do is replace yeah. with good people. And I, I'm very grateful. And I was challenged a lot. I had a leader um, and he pushed me hard. Sometimes I wanted to like, just be like, what? <laughs> say that again? No, I'm kidding. But like, I'm so grateful now for that tough leadership, you know? Yeah. Um. And I was very open about my testimony in that church, but that that's pretty much how I came out of all of that. So going to CBC, I, I now I'm in this church for eight years, and I'm leading worship. You know, I'm helping with the youth ministry, singing in the youth ministry. Um, you know, some of the pastor, the pastor's family, some of my best friends, and I go to my parents' house, and I just felt convicted. Because my parents weren't going to church. My brother and sister-in-law weren't going to church. And they would go off and on. And um, I was like, what good am I like, doing all this for people? And I'm not even like sending any effort for my own family. Like, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And so it always convicted me. And I remember Holly. I hadn't heard from her for a while. But Holly calls me. Starts asking questions like, you know, how are you doing? And I'm like, when Holly calls me. God's talking. <laughs> <laughs> and so she tells me that she's at CBC now, and she's like, you should go visit. And I was kind of, kind of like, mm, it's too big. I don't know. And I, It's always that. I, I, yes. Was and that, and I also thought it was like, it wasn't like a full Bible church. Like, it was just kind of like a good news church. Like, just like a, you know, the going a mega in, church. Yes, the mega, mega church, yeah. you know. And I was like, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. And I went on a Saturday uh, and I was, I liked, I liked Pastor Ed, but I was just like, yeah, it's just too big. So then we, Holly and I spoke again, and she's like, no, you need to come on a Sunday. And I had already been feeling like God was calling me to something else. You know, I was very attached to my previous church, and I thought I would die there. And, uh, but I just felt like, man, there's, there's something else. Like, I don't know what it is. Holly calls me and says, you need to come on a Sunday. You come with us and we'll go eat and whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. I would love to see you guys again. And so we went on a Sunday. We sat closer because the first time we sat way on the top. And, you have to stay yeah. in the front. That's oh. the only way you can really <laughs> yes. step away from the yes. mega. <laughs> yes. And so we sat close. And I remember hearing the worship and I was just watching it. Kind of almost like that same experience. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, look at all these people just loving God. And, and I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I heard Pastor Ed preach. And the way he preached – so much passion, so much conviction. I'm like, oh my God, I think my parents would like this church. And so, and my plan was, I'll get them to come here and I'll just keep going to my last church. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that's not how it worked out. But so, I we took my parents to, to Saturday service. And I remember it was their first Sunday. My nephew, Georgia, was a baby. He was a baby. And my mom had had him. And Pastor Ed walks up to my mom and compliments my nephew. Mm-hmm. Well, who would have thought in a church full of thousands of people, you know? Yeah, the pastor. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I remember during his preachings, I saw my dad. He was very engaged and uh, took pictures or whatever, and I'm like, okay, cool. So we started going on a Saturdays regularly, and it was hard for me because I kind of didn't try to keep it a secret for some weird reason. 
from my other church. And uh, I don't know why, just that's just the way it was for me. And finally, I started saying, hey, you know, started posting about it. And, and you know, I think, you know, I'm going to see with my parents and, you know, what it is. And, and uh, the youth worship leader at the time was my best friend. And we, you know, led worship together. Uh, I remember taking my parents out and talking about it. And it was like, you kind of want to make CBC home, but like with the family. And I was like, okay, I think that's, I think that's what was calling me. And I remember having to talk to my old pastor and telling him like, I think I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, and they, they blessed me and prayed for me and, and, you know, never closed that door, I guess, you know, the, the welcome was always there. And, um, but four years later, here we are. My family is, you know, going to church. My dad goes to church. They, they save my seats now before it was always me. <laughs> and so I remember the first Sunday that we were supposed to go to church as, as I was officially gone from my last church. And, um, the thunderstorm came through that night. I mean, it was bad. And I remember thinking, they're going to back out. I know it. And I call my mom, or she texts me in the morning. She's like, oh, we're not going to go because of the weather. I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, no. We're going to go to the later service. I'm going to go pick you up. And they, I lived in the South Side, and they lived in Converse. So I drove from South Side to Converse to church. I'm like, we are not missing our service Sunday. That's a whole hour trip. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I feel like I have two testimonies because I'm like, I have that testimony, and then I have the restoration of my family. And I say all of that to say, like, me and my dad's relationship was very, like, non-existent. I didn't really care. I hate to say it, I don't know if they'll ever listen to this, but it's just like, we just didn't have a lot coming. There's a lot of, I had a lot of, because he was closer to my brother, and sometimes I feel like he took my brother's side a lot, and yeah. uh, I know that he didn't, but that's the way I felt. Yeah. But now, being at CBC, I just felt like God has really restored our family, because um, I have crazy conversations with my dad. <laughs> Like the other night, I was actually last night I was at their house watching the rain, and he was out there with me. Before I would just went back inside, <laughs> and it's just crazy. Like I don't know, I just I feel like it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal for me. Well, um, like it's just like this past Sunday when like God is the God of restoration. Yeah. Like even though there wasn't anything like any relationship there, like God has the power to restore yeah. everything that was broken. And I don't know what it is about CBC. Like the Holy Spirit is just all over the place in that church. Like my parents love that church. Every time they come up to visit us, they're like, oh, we have to stay until <laughs> Sunday so we can go to the church. Yeah. It's just, you know, like when God moves, he moves. And I see it moving at CBC. Yeah. And I'm not just trying to, like, talk about how good our church is, but, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about. Yeah. Maybe it's just, like, God is calling us to be there, and, yeah. like, he has it to, he has us there for a reason. But, I mean, yeah. either way, he introduced us to I each know. other. So. So, I was, I remember that. I thought y'all were new, and I was the new one. <laughs> I think it's great. I think I love the way our church approaches this subject as well. Definitely. Um, and it makes me feel good because I, I just think 
the church is where people like that need to be, yeah. regardless. And I don't care what anybody says. You were there with the that trending thing. Yes. Oh, and to say that, you know, I have heard, I got kind of nervous with that message because I'm like, oh man, he's How really going to step it? on some toes yeah. and mm-hmm. go against culture. And these are subjects you don't hear at a big church. Oh, yeah. You know, that and, whole series was like, yes, like cutthroat, you gotta like, get your life right. Gotta get my seatbelt on. Jesus or nothing, you know? Mm. So, and it, it's so weird because I feel like people have this perception of churches, or especially Christians, are like, well, it's a small church. Well, they're preaching the truth. And they're, they're preaching, you know, exactly what the Bible says, cover to cover, you know, no shirt coating. Yeah, that may be true. Mm-hmm. Or they look at a church, like art church. And it's like, well, people, the pastor's just tickling their ears, hearing, mm-hmm. preaching what they want to say. No, that's not the case at our church. And I think it's having the opposite effect. Because at one time, I think pastor was talking about, I think it was during the Revelation series, is that he's like, I, you know, he even kind of confessed and said, you know, I think this is going to shrink our church. You remember that? It grew. And our he church added, grew. Yeah, another service. Yes. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think I think people are at the point where they just want to be told the truth. Yeah. And I love our pastor because he tells the truth, mm-hmm. but in such a convicting, a loving, way. loving way. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, I just want, I just want that. Yeah. But I would say it's like this little thing, like you know, the abbreviations for the LGBT. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna cue out because that was added on later on. Before I had a friend of mine who we were struggling together because she was a worship leader as well. And she says, I always have this ministry in my heart. I don't know where she's at. I don't know. I haven't talked to her in years. But those words stick with me. And I love it. And I really do feel like God's going to use it at some point. Is instead of, it's, you know, gay, lesbian, bi, trans, right? Mm-hmm. But if you rearrange those words to G-L-B-T, it stands for God's love became truth. Mm. And I'm like, see? And it's so powerful because... The rainbow that they use for pride was, in reality, it was meant for God's promise yeah. and you know God's love for like for truth or it just it's just wow like that's mm-hmm. that's a lot because mm-hmm. like there's just so much more to love than the LGBT is showing yeah like they're all love and happiness but if you don't have God you don't know real love yeah. And I just love, um, you know, like your testimony because I feel like a lot of people, you know, like have that stigma, like, no, you're born this way. Like you can't change. Like you're not being true to yourself. Like I've heard it so many times. And then like, I see like, you know, some TikToks of like people who are like, no, like I left the community. This is why. Jesus changed me. I've seen many people who were transgender that transformed back to themselves. Like there was this, I think it's on YouTube. It's transgender to transform on how God mm. completely transformed in her life. And, you know, now that like we know each other, like it's so cool to see like how powerful our God is. Yeah. And I know someone who has been through it. And, you know, like this podcast is like, like this one that we're doing right now, it's going to be, sh- it's going to shake things up. I hope so. I like again, I just I think the thing I need people to hear mm-hmm. is to love people. Yeah. And wherever they're at. And I, I like I said, feed earlier, the hands of feet of Jesus. I'm not trying to change you. I'm going to mm-hmm. love you just the way you are. Bring your partner to church. I don't care. We'll get two in one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I just, I hate 
what the relationship has become. And I, I really truly think it hurts God's heart. It does. I feel it breaking when all of this is like all of the culture. Like I tell this to Robert all the time. I've told this probably in another podcast, but our world is in a huge spiritual spiritual battle. Um recently like I was I did like those little surveys like what is your spiritual Mm -hmm. gift Mm -hmm. and one of them was prophecy and I was like you know oh whatever whatever that is whatever like put it to the back burner my main one is teaching I don't know my main spiritual gift is teaching but I was always looking at prophecy and I I was praying to God like show me what you want prophecy as like why did you give me this and like I want to see it and, like, he showed me a vision that Robert had. Uh, like, he was going through a spiritual battle, and I saw that the angel up high and the devil down below, and they were battling each other. Like, I see I see the vision of a spiritual battle everywhere in this world. If I look at people, I see that spiritual battle now. And, like, it's just right now, especially in this culture, like I literally have to take a break from social media because mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. It's a lot to see the hurt yeah. that people have. And then that there's a lot of good Christians out there, like true faithful Christians who are trying their best to speak Jesus to people, but there's just so much hate in their heart that they don't want it. Yeah. And it breaks my heart because it's sometimes like, the Christians can hate the most exactly and that is mm-hmm. a disaster mm-hmm. we're not in a culture war I, there, there is a culture war mm-hmm. i don't think we as christians need to be part of it no because our battle isn't against people it's against the spiritual realm. yes so i don't care like like i i just like, i can't i can't nail it in enough like if i want to get a black eye with it yeah this podcast is your black eye get a black eye <laughs> love people yeah and it's not our jobs to change them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they ask, like someone say, people will ask me questions, I'll answer. But if you don't ask me anything, I don't. Talk because about Because my life will tell you enough you need to know. Do I struggle still? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I mess up? I haven't. I mean, I think life is always going to be full of mess ups. Mm-hmm. And just because your cousin struggles with identity or same-sex attraction ain't no higher than your struggle of looking at other women that's not your wife mm-hmm. or vice versa yeah and to god it is sin and it'll separate you just as much exactly like um one thing i always say is the same sin like for people who are dealing with homosexuality and sexual orientation it's just as bad as a lie yeah and if you are going to be so harsh on a person who is struggling with their sexual identity you should be harsh on yourself mm-hmm. for being a liar. Exactly. And it's like, you don't want to, though, because you don't see it the way mm-hmm. God sees it. And there was this, like, rep- rep- I can't say that word, representation of that I heard a long time ago. I don't know where it was, but it was like, they laid it out. It's like you have, like, all of these blocks, like a Jenga box, like Jenga. You pull it up together. One of them's high, one of them's low, one of them only has one level, the other one is like midway. Point of view, the smaller one is the lie, the biggest one for you maybe sexual, or like homosexuality, mm-hmm. whatever it is. 
those are your the sins of the world. You know, you see it. Oh, that sin is greater than that sin. But the thing is, is that God is above us yeah. and he sees us from above yeah. and it's all the same. And it's, it's like, um, we need to be aware that there's more than just one sin. Right. Like you want to talk about homosexuality? Cool. Let's talk about lying as well. Let's mm-hmm. talk about alcohol, alcoholism, mm-hmm. food addiction, pornography, addiction, any sexual immorality. Like, it's all the same. Having yeah. sex with a like a like a, a heterosexual sex. sex yeah. It's the yeah. same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. It's it's bad in the eyes of God. Yeah. And I think there's those pictures that have been going around on social media where it's Jesus washing the feet of like you know, someone holding the pride flag, yes. someone holding, or uh, it was Donald Trump and then Joe Biden, yeah. and then a single mom or a homeless person or something. You know, there's all these stuff. I'm like, man, that speaks volumes because Jesus came to serve everybody. Yeah. If he didn't come to serve the church, he came to serve sinners. Yeah. So, man, I saw that picture the first time and I was like, oh my gosh. And the Put thing this is, it's like, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, woe to you, Christians who are bashing these people because you know even with jesus in jesus time you know the back again to um the pharisees those are the ones that he chastised he challenged and rebuked the religious people and the thing is is that he still showed the love for them exactly his heart still hurt for them when he was on the cross he prayed for them saying forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and it's the same thing that's going on at this world i think the main point of this whole podcast i see is you know and it it, it ties it all together like with lgbtq (laughs) they're all about love Christians were all about love as well. Yeah. But the thing is is that our love comes from the love of Jesus Christ. And we need to portray that as Christians, as the feet of Je- hands of feet of Jesus, as people who walk in faith, you know, walking with the king. Walking with the king. You need to walk in love in his love as well. Well. Right. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me finally. I know. <laughs> We've been playing this for so long. Um I'm going to have you send me the link to your book, this book right here this that book. you have. I didn't write the book. <laughs> no, not, you didn't write this book. But I want, I want you to send me the link okay. so I can put it in the description okay. of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I it feel, is available at the CBC Bookstore if you're already seeing this years. And I feel like it's on my heart to put in the um, sexual immorality sermon from the Trending series. Oh, it was called... Gender and identity. Gender and identity. I have it on my heart to post it. Maybe someone out there is listening to it and needs to hear it from a pastoral perspective that has a degree in in theology. I have it on my heart to put it on there for you. So I'm going to put that there. Also, I'm going to put um, David's Instagram handle, Facebook, oh. all of this stuff where you can find him. Y'all hit him up. He's a great dude. If you go to CBC... I promise you, you've probably seen them before. Look for those bright yellow shirts. Look for those bright yellow shirts. But thank you again, David. I'm hungry. You want to go eat? I'm starving. Okay. Well, all right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Keep mentioning. (laughs) Bye, guys.
Thank you.